everybody. Welcome to the In Their Only podcast. I'm your host, B. Garner, and uh, this time we're going to be kicking some ass. It's our Women in Action podcast. Um, joining me, I've got some women who are totally kick-ass, um, and let me head over to them and ask them how they are. So first up, we've got Kate. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Cool. And uh, how are you feeling about this podcast? Ready to kick some butt? Yeah, I love female action movies, so happy to talk about it. Awesome. Do you have a favorite um, female action hero? That's a tough one. Um, I put you on the spot, haven't I? I'm trying to think. Probably any of the like 80s, 90s. um, The first thing that comes to mind is like Willow, Sorsha from Willow. Uh, She starts off as the bad guy, but then ends up switching sides and kicking ass at the end. Ah, oh, Willow, that's taken me back now. I'm feeling very old. <laughs> or Sandra Bullock from Demolition Man. She does yeah, the same thing. she's good she's there. Good. Yeah, I, I love her in Speed as well. That is oh, another yeah. classic 90s movie. Uh, excellent, I like that. Um, Valerie, how are you doing? I'm great. Hello from Florida. Hello from the UK. Um, how's, <laughs> how's the weather over there? It's actually, it's really nice and sunny today. We had, although we're sort of in our rainy cycle. So like clockwork, it kind of rains at a certain time every every <laughs> afternoon and pours and then it stops, which is pretty weird. But yeah, we're in our, we're in our summer rainy season. <laughs> and um, are there any female action heroes that um, spring to mind? Um, I love Ellen Ripley from Alien and Aliens. And I also love Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. I love Mad Max Fury Road. Um, that's such a great movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And last but not least, we've got the wonderful Joan. How are you doing, Joan? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. And I'm in Washington State, about as far as from Florida as you can get. <laughs> Still stay on the same continental U.S. And, what? of course, Washington is... Washington, it's gray. <laughs> it's gray and drippy, and yeah, it's pretty much part of the course for Washington. But we've got we've got coffee, so we're good. So yeah. <laughs> that's how that's, we survive. That's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, is there any female action heroes that sort of spring to mind for you? Well, you know, I'm I'm old enough to remember sitting in the movie theater and seeing Star Wars when it was first released. And Leia is always going to have a special point, you know, place in my heart because of that. But I also do love Ellen Ripley and I love all the 80s action films. Actually, I don't think we've covered this, but, you know, the remake of The Mummy, uh, Rachel Weisz's character, even though she was a librarian, kicked some serious butt. I don't know if she made our polls, but she's one of my favorites. Yeah, oh, I, like, I like her in that. She's very funny and endearing yeah. in that those movies. Uh, she was um, recently. I wrote my um, a piece about the ten action heroines that sort of shaped my childhood, and she was on that list because I just loved her in the Mummy, and I loved the fact that she was a librarian. Because that was it, my favorite part. Yeah, so. like, she made she made librarians cool again. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I'm really excited to. Um, talk about the, you know, Women in Action Month. Uh, well, I guess we've extended it for a little bit because I think it was quite, quite popular, and we, you know, we've had some really great pieces over on the site. Um, 
I think we, you know, we've just had our polls um, where we sort of got people to vote for, um, you know, who who was the top badass. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Valerie, you um, do you want to just sort of get everybody up to speed with who were the who was the ultimate winner? Sure. I would, let me actually, if I can, if you all will bear with me a moment, I'll put up pull up my uh, my my story so I don't forget anyone. But the our winner was actually um, Ellen Ripley. She was our poll winner, but she had for a while she was tied up top with um, Leia, and then I guess we must have had some other surge of votes. But our, and, and she took the lead but our other readers top favorites were Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road, uh, Terminator Saga Sarah Connor, Wonder Woman, and Okoye who's a uh, part of the the general from Wakanda's elite force the Dora Milaje and Black Panther. So you know all, all good uh, female characters that are complex and, and really, really fun to watch. Yeah, it was a bit of a difficult lineup to choose from because, like you say, they're all really, like, complex characters and, they, you know, the films that they, they star in are some of the best action action flicks um, that have ever been made. I mean, the Terminator movies, Sarah Connor is just fantastic. Yeah, and we were... Um, one of the things that I that I like, and we can talk about this with the rest of the panel, but one of the things I like about Ripley, and I talked about this a piece of, a bit in my in in their own league, and I actually had the pleasure of writing about it uh, when the, when Alien turned 40 last year. I did kind of a happy birthday Ripley piece <laughs> for um, RogerEbert.com because I, I uh, was wondering, you, you know, you do kind of wonder how well these movies hold up. And that one holds up surprisingly well, you know, even as much love for her as there is, because uh, if you just look at it as as a woman, you know, between her and Lambert, who's Victoria Cartwright, if Mm -hmm. I've said, you know, if the characters listened to the women, they wouldn't have been in any trouble. (laughs) Yeah, which is always the way, isn't it? (laughs) Always true. Lambert (laughs) wants to get out of the spaceship. She doesn't want to keep on exploring. You know, Ripley wants to leave Kane, who's infected outside, and then Ash overrules her. And then, like, every time she questions Dallas, the, the who's the in charge, she's, like, the second in charge. Every time she questions him, uh, played by Tom Skerritt, he just pushes back and he gets very emotional and touchy in a way that, you know, they would some people would say, oh, she's too emotional, she's too touchy. You know, he pushes back in that way. And, you know, so so there's a lot going on in there that you could that you could look at you know certainly from a from a woman's perspective but what i always liked about her and forgive me for telling this the story as i told before but i actually saw saw her for the first time when i was about nine or ten and i hadn't watched the whole movie but my parents and grandparents used to have like a movie night and i was down the hall like doing my homework and they were watching alien and I could hear everything from down the hall. Oh, and and when that famous scene, when it bursts out of Kane's chest, my mother was like, oh, gosh, just like, <laughs> like the part right was. 
And so like that is like such a memory because I, I, you know, I was I was huge scaredy cat. I didn't like for horror movies. And, you know, we had a split level house and I was old enough to get sent down to the basement to go get the laundry out of the dryer. And I would like run all the way up the stairs because it was, you know, and I shut the light out because it was dark. So I like, you know, anything you could have put my imagination to be hiding anywhere, I would have thought of. And then I remember, like, not long after that movie night, I was uh, clicking around on the thing because we had two cable channels in that those days. We had Prism and HBO. And HBO wouldn't run anything R-rated until after 8 o'clock at night, but Prism didn't care. <laughs> and so it was the afternoon, and I happened on the end of Alien. So I was going to turn it off because I was like, ah, you know, scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> And, and my mom was around and she's and it was the part where she's in her Ripley's in her white suit, her space suit. And it's just the final moments of the movie. And my mom was like, oh, you can leave this on. This is really cool. Watch this. She survives. So I saw her <laughs> herself in and get her harpoon and she sing. She actually sings to like keep up her nerve while it's coming close. And she, and uh, she blasts it out into space. And so it was cool. And then as I got more into movies and I got bigger, I was 15 when Aliens came out. And so I was reading like people and and movie reviews like every Friday. And so I connected that this was the same character. So I convinced my grandparents to go to the movies with me. (laughs) And they had a ball. And I was like, but I remember pitching to them, remember that movie years ago where the thing jumped out of the guy's chest? This is the woman who survived, you know. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I love that in Aliens, I kind of don't like the uh, latter Alien movies so much because it's like, I feel like they got more wrapped up in the monster. You know, I love I love in the Aliens one that it's uh, she has post-traumatic stress. I thought it was yeah. one of the smartest things James Cameron did. And I heard an interview with him where he said, how in the world am I going to get her back to that planet when anybody with any sense would not go near there again? And so he decided he had to do it because she couldn't sleep at night. She was haunted. So she decides she has to go and face her fears. And I love that she's a regular person. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that, um, and I've always liked that she that she's kind of no nonsense. She's a tough person, you know, even though, you know, she's got her flaws, like how she tells off Burke, the corporate guy, you know, and and how she has that flirty thing going with uh, Hicks, one of the other Marines that just kind of that was nice to see, you know, and they they have this nice rapport there together. And it, but she's a, she's a very much a, a regular person. She doesn't have superpowers. And, mm. you know, I find myself like when I need to be brave and I need to like not think about stuff uh, like I like I find that, you know, I'll go back to aliens because it's like a fun action movie. But also, you know, she goes and she defeats the monster and she just, you know, gets her own little arsenal together and she goes in there and does what she's got to do. So, yeah, I just, I adore her, but that's, like, I, I wasn't entirely surprised when I saw that readers loved her, too. Yeah. yeah. It, I love the relationship she has with Newt in Aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a, because it's so, like, 
I find it so heartbreaking in Aliens when she, Ripley finds out that her daughter has died. You know, yeah. I just like because that really was what was sort of like driving her to get back home, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And defeat the alien was being reunited with her daughter. And, you know, it's only it's such a small detail, like to add to the fact that she is a mother, but it does make a huge difference. And I think that's what is interesting about the second movie is that relationship that she has with Newt. And it is really sad that in the third Alien movie, it's barely mentioned. Yeah, yeah they killed they kill them off, right? Like in the first few minutes, they kill her off and they kill like Hicks yeah. off. And, and I, yeah, I saw that with my in the movies with my brother. And I was like so disappointed. We watched the whole thing all the way through. But that was, the third movie's weird. There are people who like the third movie because it's David Fincher. And, but it was like, it had Charles Dutton, who was on the TV show Rock at the time, and a lot of British actors. And my brother and I was old; was a young teen by then, so he was old enough to joke. And he's like, it, "This per-, he's like this person's weird. It's got like tra- it's got Charles Dutton from Rock, and everybody else is British. Like, like what a weird cast of you know intergalactic prisoners." <laughs> I always think that it could have been its own movie in the Alien franchise that didn't have to have Ripley in if that makes sense it could always work on its own but yeah Yeah, and let's not talk about the fourth movie because (laughs) (laughs) no one does (laughs) yeah um but yeah I wasn't like you Val I wasn't really that surprised that she ultimately won the saga Mm-hmm. uh the saga what am i saying the the polls okay. it was it was a saga in its own sort of way <laughs> <laughs> it was like thunderdome like two, <laughs> two may answer one may answer. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. talk talking about thunderdome uh mad max you mentioned um that val that uh furiosa is is one of you know your sort of favorite female um, action characters. Is there, is there any anyone else who's a fan of um, um, Furiosa here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Charlize Theron in, in general in any action mm. movie is fantastic. But no, I love that she shaved her head and just her character decided to do what she thought was right in that movie and driving the world's most badass truck. So, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love her in that movie. And I love that she's, like, out of everyone in that movie, she's the one that everybody likes. It's like, oh, screw Tom Hardy. Like, Charlie's <laughs> there and is way better. <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny that it's it's called Mad Max, but nobody yeah. re- really remembers M- Max in that movie. <laughs> well, the, like, the other, he's in it. The other thing with, the, with Max's movies is my husband's a big fan of the Max movies. And he says it's kind of, I guess, except for maybe the first one, but he said where you're in, more introduced to him. He said he does kind of have this thing where he pops into situations and then he goes off again. Sort of like, you know, your Western character who ride in on a horse and ride out at the end of the right. movie. Right. Right. So it's 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 almost like set up like you get to know the people in the world of that movie that he's with for the moment but yeah i do feel like she steals the movie away from him and i actually like started to cry in the movies when i thought she was gonna die and i was like oh no and then like he saves her and that's when he and that's when he actually tells her his name 
he's been prickly throughout the whole movie and he wouldn't tell her his movie and she, name and she calls and at one point she needs to like call him something and she's like okay listen fool and she <laughs> tells him what she needs to but yeah when he saves when he saves her life he tells her my name's max and which it's, goes it's, back to the other movies where i think one was the narration of uh the ending of one of the movies where the, the little boy says he exists only in my memory he doesn't even remember his name it's just mm-hmm. kind of Max has always been kind of like this this mystery character that people around him you know they they never really get to know him that's kind of the point you know mm-hmm. he, like you say he just kind of floats in and out of the action and that that was so great that they carried that through I really like that part yeah I what I like I think one of the characters in the Mad Max franchise that kind of gets forgotten is in Thunderdome is Auntie uh, she's great she's oh, great. Yes, and I think that she um, is a character that um, cu- that film is kind of overlooked. I think people don't like it because it's too Hollywood, but I really like her character because I think she's like in control of it, Banter Town, like, and is the one sort of like calling the shots. And I think she's really kind of powerful in that sense. Like, we don't really see her do too much of the action, but in terms of like her leadership is something that is and like the badass like outfit that she wears i love it (laughs) Uh, but i really just remember so many like like you were saying kate like growing up watching like 80s and 90s action films um you mentioned sandra bullock and she really was like we probably know her more for comedy but she was re- in some really great action films. Yeah, Demolition uh, Man is one I'll always talk about because that's my mom's favorite movie. And so oh. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> I actually got to see it in, in the theater a year ago, a year or two ago. Um, I was visiting my sister and her theater always has like a nerd weekend. And so we got to see like that. And um, I think like Buckaroo Banzai, just a couple other oh, yeah classic ones but it was just great to see and I just love her in that movie because she's just so optimistic and she loves the the 20s and <laughs> um, she gets to meet like a relic from that time and she just is completely like won over and I just love how like adorably just nerdy she is and then she goes and she's punching I love that she can't like remember the phrases and mixes them all up she's just great because it's it was a good um, prediction of where she was going to go with her movies like yes she can punch people but she's also just hilarious yeah and that's what I like is like um, she's a great com- comedic actress but I think you could she's believable as an action star and, yeah. and that's it's like is it Heat yeah uh, the Heat, the heat? Yes. Oh, that's a great <laughs> film like I love that film and I think that's like just kind of has that blending of action and comedy which suits her sort of like personality really well like I don't know about you guys but I really love like 90s action films um so for me um I was thinking of all the action films I watched as a kid um does anyone remember Tank Girl at all I love Tank Girl oh my goodness yes I didn't realize that that film had flopped when I was younger. Like, I also love Cutthroat Island and Waterworld. 
and all of these films have like were major flops and i was like they're the best films ever made <laughs> yeah cutthroat island was another one i i recently saw um in the theater uh my local theater that i like live at or did before all of this craziness um did a matthew modine week um oh, for their wow. anniversary and matthew modine actually showed up and talked about cutthroat no. island and yeah, oh, I have pictures. I met him. He's uh, he is actually the nicest person of all time, and he remembers everything about every movie he's ever been in. But he he talked about how much he enjoyed Cutthroat Island, and he enjoyed that uh, Gina Davis was the lead, and that she was the one that was beating everybody up, and not him. He was just <laughs> like the eye candy. Um, and he remembers how like right before the previews, like um the the premiere for it. Um, he was like excited and optimistic and then he read the reviews and it just crushed him oh. and so now he, he's still very upset about it and how he just, just doesn't understand um, but he was happy to see like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies get their due and he's like well you know cut Third Island walk so that the Pirates of the Caribbean could run and but yeah he said the world just wasn't ready for cut Third Island uh, yeah and that movie is so cool I just I loved love it that. like sh- her outfits in that film are fantastic. <laughs> I it's love got... like the bit where she's wearing is it like a wedding dress and like it gets like ripped and stuff yeah. and it's like yeah like this is what would happen if you're like fighting you you know your dr- dress would get ripped and you would like rip parts of it off in order to fight better. It's so cool. It's got some excellent chase scenes too. Mm. And I think but a lot of these films now are cult favorites, like Tank Girl. I don't yes. know. I, I, maybe Washington State's odd, but Tank Girl is considered a cult classic out here. We yeah. all love it, so there you go. But yeah, and and Waterworld is definitely considered a, a cult follow has a cult following. Uh, it's like uh, what was the one? The Postman. Yeah. Which is another post-apocalyptic dystopia which flopped, but that was. Actually, and I've never seen it, but I actually read the original short story, which was fantastic, which won all kinds of awards and was then expanded into a uh, a novel, which wasn't so good. But, you know, I just think that at the 90s, that, that time period, people weren't ready for dystopian movies. Now it's like we're all sick of them. We don't even want to, you know. The, yeah, we're yeah, living like, in our own dystopian. You know, we're ready with this. Really. We'd <laughs> like something else, please. Thank you so much. But at the time, I don't think people were really ready to embrace that style. I love Waterworld. I thought it was great. But that's just, I, you know, at the time, I, I thought it was really cool. I saw Waterworld in the movies back when because I was curious about it. And I didn't think it was, I honestly, I didn't think it was bad as like people said at the time. And I liked that all the sand. You know, spoilers, how many years later. But I like that all the sand, because it's the world's covered by water. So if you have sand, it's like money. It's like, oh, where'd you get the dry land from? And he's getting it from under the water. He dives down, he scoops them up and lets it dry out. And then there's the, sa- the sand. I thought, like, the the fact that he dived, like, he could dive and he'd go and fetch stuff. And that was the relics of it, you know, that that becomes the inspiration for people that, oh, there's dry land somewhere, you know. Yeah, and I what I really like about these like nineties movies is that the the sort of the female characters like for example like Speed and for you know and even like I don't know um, the Rock or these type of movies like Men in Black or something like the 
the women in them are actually sort of very strong independent women like they are sort of existing not to just be um eye candy they are actually there to sort of help and you know for example like sandra bullock's character in speed like she is a central part of that movie like she is the one driving the bus like Mm -hmm. there would be no movie without her and that's you know it's kind of like um for a period like after the 90s i don't know what happened with movies but then like in the early noughties like where were all the the female action heroes like you had stuff like catwoman and electra but those movies are so bad and they're not yeah they're not there for like to empower women in that way i think they're more like the male gaze type of overly sexual sort of um you know women running around in high heel shoes playing basketball or whatever i try to remember catwoman but (laughs) i try not to i've tried to block that movie out of my mind but you know what i mean like it was all about the male superheroes that were sort of now dominating the screen but michelle pfeiffer's catwoman was yes that was so totally different and she's fantastic and she made such a statement with that character and it was wonderful so you know somewhere they lost their way you know with with that character and i think that should be revisited now that we have birds of prey i think we need to revisit her character and 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 bring it back more to where it was yeah i think during though that period i think we were seeing more sort of um strong female characters being depicted on television um you know obviously like buffy the vampire and all and one that i always loved was um i've forgotten the character's name but in stargate does anyone remember the female i can't remember her name oh um samantha samantha uh, she samantha was so, carter yeah yeah she was fantastic yeah she's uh, but, smart and tough yeah she really was like the one who got them always out of like whatever problem it was that they were facing but like and Battlestar Galactica uh, with mm-hmm. Starbuck, like, and even Lost, great. yeah, like, um, you had some really great characters in that. Um, so, but I don't know what was happening in film, like during the noughties. <laughs> I try not to think of that period. <laughs> Another one that's like right at the end of the nineties that I don't know. I guess I'm the only person that either remembers this movie or likes this movie is Mystery Men has the <gasps> bowler. Oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I love her because once she's like toe to toe with Ben Stiller on who's got more rage issues, and like, <laughs> and she comes in with a bowling ball with a skull in it and is talking to it, and she's like, "Shush, I'm talking," and just like, I just love how, like, comfortable she is with like how weird she is and how just everyone else is like, "Okay, well, fine, that's just who she is," and she just beats people up with a bowling ball, and she's great. And uh, yeah, that was like 1999, I think. Yeah. And, and she was not wearing anything skimpy and there was no romance with her anywhere. She was just there to avenge her dad and be people up with the bowling ball. Yeah. And what I like um, about like that movie, like you mentioned, was the fact that, you know, she is the only female character in that group, but she's like part of their crew. Like there isn't yeah. anything weird. Although there's like the weird sort of romance thing going with Ben Stiller. That's not really 
like explored all that much it's almost like she she turns him down and that's it you know like that's you know the extent of that romance there and I think in a way like the boys if anyone's caught that on Amazon I don't know if anyone's seen that yeah um I can't remember the star whatever the starlight I think her name is there's a bit which I really appreciated was they change her costume um, and make it a bit more skimpy and she sort of talks about it and like says no I want to wear my old costume and I thought that was interesting because it's kind of like yeah some of the costumes that we see in superhero movies for women um, let's just say yeah there's no way you would really be fighting and beating up people wearing some of those costumes like uh, uh, Watchmen anyone um, yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind of the point, right? I mean, that was, I don't know, you know, the, the point was to spoof superheroes, the book, you know, and it was supposed to be like, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. There's no way. <laughs> it's just no. So, yeah. But yeah, spandex really doesn't work, people, and male or women, it doesn't give enough, but there you go. And that goes with the, I don't know if you remember the X-Men series, where they made a comment with, with Wolverine, the famous comment, well, what were you expecting, yellow spandex? It just doesn't work. Come on. It's not going to work in reality. I always always find it weird that, like, um, for the, I, I guess, like, there was one thing I read once where it was about um the posters for certain action films and it's always like the women are shot from the back like with yeah. black, black widow in the avengers poster yes and it's like but the guys are face on yes uh, and it just kind of like why sh- and then i saw someone had done a spoof of it and had the guys doing the sexy pose Right. <laughs> I thought that was quite well, women always have to look to the side, and when men look or at them, you know, indirectly at the man, yeah. and the man looks for it. Why? <laughs> it's it's going. There, there actually there was. It's funny because um, you know my uh, I have a ten year old now, and um, you know my husband and son and I are into like a lot of these superhero movies, but just to see like on the poster. Uh, like the original Avengers poster, like my son has that in his room and he has like lots of other like superhero art. And, you know, my husband is like, I never, he's, he honestly, he's like, I never noticed that this was like an objectifying thing. I just thought it's the Avengers. He says, but now like once you're aware, you can't help but notice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And there was somebody who um, I wish I could remember who it was, but it might've been around at the time of, the second Avengers, the Age of Ultron, it goes back a while, but they seem to show like women in action movies that they kick, like like that was the, it was on um, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, the the humor site, and it was like a female action hero talking about how what I do is I kick, I ride a motorcycle and I kick, I do this you know and that and I kick, and you know, I guess it's less it's you know an impressive move but you know i often liked hermione punching uh, uh draco with those i think a punch can be pretty a well-placed punch can be impressive too so you know it just maybe some some films they think it looks better i'm not sure 
I yeah. think it's a whole psychological. I'm not gonna even go where I want to go. <laughs> I think it's a whole psychological thing with men being afraid of what women can do with those kicks. But we can just leave that out and leave that. Dead, <laughs> but leave it that that. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Kaz's piece. Um, she wrote about like um, action tropes that need to die, and she sort of brought yes. up. Yeah, she brought up the. Is it like crushing? crushing men with their thighs yes you know? yeah no yes, yes. actually i love that article <laughs> i had a, i had a i had a little little back and forth with, like, I, like i tweeted about that and i had like a funny back and forth with kaz because i said i said my thing is the hair like the hair looks yeah. looks great when it's all <laughs> and, and flowy but it's like you know that would get in the way like somebody would just grab your hair Mm-hmm. That's what you know? I love Birds of Prey. Yeah, that's what I loved about Birds of Prey was the like the hairband tie like tie your hair back. I thought that was like that was a nice little you know nod to that. Yeah, that um, and heels. I get so annoyed when action like women that are supposed to be fighting and running around are wearing heels. Yeah. Or they try and hide it with wedges, and I'm like, no, that's just as bad. I mean, yes, they can. You know, it's less dangerous than heels, like because you're not gonna like twist your ankle as easily. But but still, it's like it drives me nuts. I'm like, well, just give her boots, like even yeah, a pair in, of Converse. Come on. Yeah, I think um one of the earliest, and it's not even that early. Um, earliest ones that she wasn't wearing heels was Celine in Underworld, wore like right. big combat boots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huzzah! Like they didn't give the vampire heels. Um, but like. It just oh, it drives me nuts. I'm like, no one in their right mind, unless they got caught off guard, like in Jurassic World, would wear heels to run around and yeah. do actioning bits. Like, it's just not. And I get that it comes from the comics, especially a lot in these comic book movies. Like, if you look at some of the costumes that the women had, especially in like the 60s and 70s, even in the 80s, like, they're not conducive to fighting. But Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, like... and that's and that's why I loved Watchmen the book because it was a comment on oh come on it was so unrealistic mm, and yeah. I was really kind of disappointed that it didn't carry on into the movie because it was supposed to be sarcasm hello but yeah uh, yeah it, the costumes for either Marvel or DC I think they're both equally guilty we're just so for women we're just so oh please mm. <laughs> it just you know and it was designed that way they were trying to sell books so it was yeah. almost like a one-upmanship what can we stick on the cover. They're going to get these young boys buying these books. And clearly you don't want to make a movie based on that. And you really shouldn't be selling books that way either. But it just didn't translate. Yeah, I I just, is it, I can't remember. I think it's Star Sapphire. Now, I I don't know what her powers are. But I've seen a costume from like the 70s. And she's just got like something like sort of, covering her and then her whole midriff is showing and then she's wearing like a leotard type of thing and it's like mm-hmm. does she not get cold like this is my <laughs> thing like you know does she not what's up i guess she doesn't feel the cold but at the same time it's like come on like yeah oh this <laughs> um but that yeah used to, that used to be the lone action figure like star sapphire um you know this goes we're going back some years now, but when Avengers and, and stuff first came out, um, 
I didn't see any Black Widow action figures, you know, and I th- and because she was the only girl among the guys, but she wasn't on the T-shirts and she wasn't really anywhere. And then um, I remember, like, even just among action figures, all that I would find uh, just looking around would be somebody like Star Sapphire. And it's like, who was who was playing with that? It would be in with the boys toys. But like, why? You know, what? who was going to buy that? You know, and then it seemed to be there was more of, of a change now that, you know, and I I, part of it, I credit to like Disney getting involved with Star Wars, uh, but also like some hashtag activism because people were asking, like, where's Gamora? Where's Leia? Mm. You know, and then they got to see, oh, OK, well, people will buy it. But it's almost like they didn't believe that. um people would want it before for their little girls or that little girls would want it, which, you know, was kind of bizarre. Like to, to bring up, um, I think Joan mentioned Leia, you know, Leia was one of my favorites back when I was Leia for Halloween in a homemade costume. And, uh, I didn't have the long hair, but nevertheless, my mom put two little, like little knobs, like buns on the side of my head. <laughs> So I had long enough braids to get away with it when I was a kid, but fortunately I was spared. <laughs> no one but the, but uh, but <laughs> yeah, she she was a big deal for me for a long time, and you know I is, it still is because she had authority. She was like in charge of this rebellion. Mm-hmm. She was short, but it, compared to like uh you know Darth Vader and Han Solo <laughs> even. Uh, but, like, she, it wasn't like she was intimidated by being short. She had loads of attitude. And, yeah. yeah and, you know, I love how she, she uh, you know, tells, uh, she criticizes the rescue in Star Wars. This is some rescue, you know. And she just, it was like those old, um, it was like those old movies from the 40s almost that had that r- rapport where you had this, you know, the woman who, who was sassy and smart and, and, you know, and she had a gun, for gosh sakes, which was like a revolutionary thing for a princess back when, instead of like having a tiara and a crown, you know, she ha- she was armed. And by the way, she was wearing boots, yeah. not high heels. <laughs> no high heels for Leia. Well, I kind of, I kind of like, I want to give a special mention to Padme um, from like the, because obviously I grew up with the prequels. Um, and I love Padme in um, the prequels, especially the um, like the first film. Not so much the second one. Well, she kind of does some stuff, but um, she gets kind of involved in Anakin. And come on, he's just like the most irritating guy ever. He was, all he goes on about is is sand and how it's he so doesn't whiny. like. So whiny. Um, but I, I liked her a lot, and I thought like. Her character's really interesting, the sort of, like, dynamics between the two characters, their sort of relationship, and, um, you know, I didn't really think how she, how George Lucas wrote her character at the end did her justice, but I think Natalie Portman managed to do a lot with that character, considering how bad bad that dialogue was. (laughs) It was painful at points. It, really it, was, was, it was very horrible. painful. It was horrible. But I do, I do think like Star Wars is 
interesting now that they have like Ray um, and they've like the new films. I mean, I do like um, uh, Rogue One was really good as yeah. well. That was yeah. a, it's interesting to see like the sort of approach that they've taken because Ray is such a interesting character because um, she's not just a sort of copy and paste character like you know they could have done with just make a female version of Luke Skywalker you know it's like she does she is her own person and her story is interesting I think um, yeah uh, Daisy Ridley is you know very capable actress and I, I do think um, it's good that we have progress being made especially with like you know Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman and you know even Harley Quinn has developed as a character <laughs> yeah I uh, really like that Harley's gone from being like the Joker's girl like his thing on the side to her own character I think just her her character in general is, is just a good one to follow it shows that like there there is some evolution with how the world views like female characters cuz i mean even in the earliest comics she's just and well i mean she was invented for the tv show but from her earliest origins to now she's gone from just this like little annoying clown person to a strong character that that women like kind of identif- identify with they gave her a, a great like get over a toxic relationship backstory and I, I love what her character's doing. Yeah, I read somewhere that um, that people, well, I wish I could remember where I read it, but to give them credit, but I read somewhere that people like Harley, and I have actually have not seen the Birds of Prey movie yet, but that people like Harley because she's sort of like the, uh, she doesn't have to excuse what would be considered bad behavior. She's like not quite an id, but but uh, she's like a, she's a bit of anarchy, like refreshing yeah. anarchy. Yeah, I think she's definitely like an anti-hero where she has her moments where she helps the good guys, but she just kind of wants to cause chaos. And, and she's not necessarily a bad guy anymore. She just mm-hmm. does her own thing. Like she'll steal something because she wants it, or um, she'll help <laughs> out Batman because it'll it's something that is in her interest. So she's she's kind of like Deadpool or um, the Punisher that way, where she's not necessarily a good person, but she does good things, just not always mm-hmm. the best way. Yeah. And she does what everyone else would want to do, like steal all the groceries instead of paying for them because <laughs> they're expensive. So. Yeah, I do. I do like how. Um, yeah, it's her character is evolved from the Suicide Squad movie, like that film was terrible and they just put her in like the most terrible outfit in that it's like she's just running around in some pants like come on seriously yeah whereas like i love her little dungarees in birds of prey yeah those are cool because she you know she's still um she's wearing something that's practical like you know that's not gonna rip in half if she lifts her legs up too much you know and dungarees is british for overalls yes sorry sorry (laughs) i forget i forget yes overalls um (laughs) 
but um yeah i think it it's good to see like we're having like more sort of female action heroes appearing on the big screen like and they're they're the ones sort of being involved in in the films now that you know like captain marvel was kind of revolutionary in that sense and so was wonder woman yeah yeah and i liked from like going back to our poll um i have the list of i think because we asked for suggestions from you know people from in their own league and from just twitter in general and we narrowed that list down to 50 and then we had to narrow it down to like 20 just for the polls and like the range of characters we got from like good guys to bad guys to um you know early movies to now it's just it's it's nice to see that there have been strong women for in movies that people remember and relate to for many years and it made me happy i love the variety yeah i was really happy to when you when i first saw this uh, we had so many that we actually had to pare them down. I was like, wow, we had 50? Really? That's amazing. That's so great. So, yeah, I know we had to pare it down for the sake of the poll, but when you think about it, wow, that's that's fantastic that so many people came out and said, no, this this character, this character really meant something to me. It resonated. You know, it did. It, it, I remember her. You know, she was a hero. And it was, that's great that there are so many out there. It hurt me to cut the list down. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> really? Like, I can't cut out Laura Croft. She's awesome. And it it was like the new Laura Croft to Alicia Vandekert. Yeah. Vander, I, not Laura. I like that movie. Me but, too. Uh, I'm mad. She's, she better get a sequel. Yeah. I was, um, I was just thinking of like older movies. Um, one of the films that I loved as a kid was Calamity Jane. Um, and I don't know whether that re- she would count as that action, a woman in action. I suppose so. Like she's, you know, Doris Day, uh, she's like, she does do a bit of fighting, but that I've been re- watching a lot of westerns recently, and I, uh, Johnny Guitar um, is another film that I, with um, Joan Crawford's character, she's really sort of hands-on in that film, and yes, she does wear some dresses and stuff, but most of the time she's in, like, jeans and, like, the most amazing, like, um, like blouse top with like a little ribbon it's really cool i was like i love love her outfits in that film and she's you know shooting guns and stuff and (laughs) and she's really like the first time that you sort of see her she's like um really in command of this like little it like pub in that she's running saloon um like telling telling guys like what to do and stuff and it's great to see that in a Western because I think the Western genre is one of those genres that's, you know, we think of like the cowboy, we think of John Wayne. Mm-hmm. That was one of my, like the first time you mentioned women in action, the first person who popped in my head was Maureen O'Hara. Um, right. She's just one, she's one of my idols. I love her so much. And she said one of the greatest compliments she got was um, from John Wayne saying that, you know, she was one of the guys and that she was a pleasure to work with. And she didn't take that literally. She said that she worked really hard to be like on the same level, especially with like John Ford, like the way women were treated back then. And she was just considered like equal to them. And her and McClintock, like she was, That's so great. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite fight scenes in a movie is in McClintock. They're like fighting in the mud and she's like head to toe in this like fancy dress and she pulls like a hat pin out of her out of her hat and starts stabbing people with it and she's just so tough and she punches people, she hits them with her bag, like she's just she was she was tough without being like an action star and I I really liked that about her. Like any of her movies. She was in like, five with John Wayne. Um and she I liked that even though yeah, John Wayne, this big tough famous actor that everyone liked back then, um, she like outshined him in all five of the movies she was in. Yeah, she kept up with him definitely. I mean, um, uh, the famous one in Ireland was it the the Quiet Man? I mean, she could pull a punch. Yeah, she, <laughs> she stood up to him, and yeah, I know he dragged her, you know, through the famous the mud scene, but. You don't want to mess with Maureen O'Hara. No. <laughs> she, was, she was a tough one. She really was, and she was absolutely gorgeous. And apparently she was like that in real life, too, which made me real happy. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Um, so, guys, I, I don't know about you, but um, uh, I just wanted to, to let you all know that um, In Their Own League has officially turned one years old. Yeah. 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 So, Happy birthday yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just really want to um, sort of say like how much I've enjoyed, um, you know, setting up the site and having you all on on board and and the the content that everyone does and the reviews and their articles and just like the podcast as well. Um, but uh, what I, I I thought of a fun sort of like activity to do for us um obviously we're, we're called in their own league you know after the wonderful penny marshall movie a league of their own and i'm just wondering if you were to make your own league of women in film who would you include so it can be um film directors it can be uh, actresses it could be writers it could be editors um is there anyone that you would include in your own special league lineup who would like to go first mm-hmm. so when we speak of a league how about how many people are we looking at maybe five or seven yeah like how much how many people are in a baseball league <laughs> baseball well, there's nine on there's nine on the field okay right. so let's go with nine who are we choosing Mm, okay. So, hmm, let me see. I'm going to have to take a moment here. I'll have to t- I'd take a moment. But I'd, I'd have to think more myself, but I, I would like to say Catherine Bigelow, because she, oh, yeah. she won, you know, she's the only woman who, who, director who's won an Oscar, which is a darn shame. But, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, she's, she's, you know, done a lot of good action movies and oh know, yeah definitely i more. mean point point break mm-hmm. hurt locker mm-hmm. you know um is it i can't what's the one with the is it blue steel is that one thing yeah then there's zero dark 30 and detroit yeah mm-hmm. uh, so definitely have to have her on board i feel i reckon she could yeah, she could throw quite well. I'm picturing yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know very much about baseball, but we would 
would need someone to. Is it a picture? We need someone to be yeah. our picture. <laughs> I think we should hmm. Sigourney Weaver. Absolutely. Yeah. And anything. <laughs> so let me see. I'm thinking here that I've got a few favorites mix. Obviously, Penny Marshall directing because she's fabulous. Uh, Nora Ephron, also director. Awesome. Uh, Deborah Hill, who was pretty much the producer and muse of John Carpenter. Mm. Who, uh, fantastic. Elaine May, com- comedic writer. Yeah. Uh, Nora, as far Nora. as acting, uh, Kate Hepburn. Oh, please. Anything. Please. Oh, yeah. uh, costumes, Edith Head won the most Oscars for costuming. Uh, I want you to go on to sing the score. She doesn't even have to be in the movie. Just sing the opening song, and that would be fantastic. <laughs> and I really admire, and I don't know if anyone has ever heard of her, there's a, a food stylist named Janice Poon. Does anyone know Annabelle, the, sh- the show? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, she did all of the cooking and the food styling. Oh, and wow. Could you just be our craft person? She doesn't even have to you know, just, she could provide, just have the food around. Just yeah, she snacks. could provide the, ref, the refreshments, you know? Yeah, just, just provide snacks. That'd be fine. So that's seven people right there. There you go. That, that's almost there. <laughs> I could be coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to have Betty Davis on the team because she's just like my idol. But, you know, that would be good. But I don't know. It's really hard when you think about it. Like, there are so many great, like, actresses and directors and other other people that you just, like, oh, gosh, we need we need to make this movie. But who do we need? We need a cinematographer. We need an editor. And we need someone to do sound. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard because, um, you know, I don't think people appreciate that there's a lot of women behind the camera. I mean, you know, like I said, like Deborah Hill, uh, Edith Head with her costumes. I mean, there's so many women that have really just been forgotten about, you know, and they've added so much. They don't have to be in front of the camera to be remembered. And that's part of the problem. And that's why I love the league is that we get to write about all of our favorite people that maybe are obscure that people have forgotten about. And we can yeah. remind them, hey, you know, these women made a contribution. They're really powerful. Go find out about them. Yeah. And I think that's something that I found out while doing the women in action is I found out about Helen Gibson, who was like Hollywood's very first stunt woman, pretty much, who was like there in the early years of um, cinema doing like the most amazing stunt work, like jumping onto moving trains and you know like the old um you know action scenes of the woman being tied to the tracks and getting off you know freeing herself before the train game and that sort of stuff it's like we yeah it, make, yeah, it makes you think what were they thinking <laughs> the there, there were no health and safety laws or Seriously? regulations <laughs> uh, but like all the stuff that the men were doing she was doing as well and possibly even better um (laughs) so i definitely want to see about having more you know women from the silent era i don't know it'd be good to sort of like have them on board um god i think we need more than nine people we have to have to have a few 
few teams and then they can go up against each other. <laughs> there you go. You <laughs> need several have a world you, series. <laughs> yeah, you need several teams for for a league. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right? I really don't know that much about baseball being from the UK, but uh, it's kind of like rounders, right? You hit and then yeah, a draft. That's it. There you go. Is that, that what we need? That's what oh, we need. Oh god. I really need to brush up on this. <laughs> That's okay. I was I was gonna add add um you know she Joan had mentioned Nora Ephron who's a great witty writer too. Uh, but uh, you know we could include um Dora's costume designers. We could uh, maybe have Ruth Carter. She no, just she's had an Oscar um, for uh, Black Panther, mm. and she's mm. you know. She's been working for, I think, something like 30 years. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, let's see, uh, you know, I'd love to get some more some more writers in the bunch. Like, even somebody like uh, Sofia Coppola or, mm-hmm. um, well, like, she's passed away now, but Melissa Matheson. She yes. did C and the BFG. And, uh. You know, to try to and like Callie Corey with the Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I I just want to obviously mention Jane um, Goldman, uh, mm-hmm. who did uh, who wrote for um, Kingsman and Kickass and Stardust. Like mm-hmm. those, she's fantastic. I love her. Like she, her scripts are always really funny. So I definitely would love to have her on board. Um, and Tina Fey. Oh, yes. Yes. Tina Fey is fantastic. I mean, I love Mean Girls. That's such a great, that's such a great movie. <laughs> Another one's uh, Gail Ann Hurd. She wrote the Terminator series. It's yes. responsible for Sarah Connor. She's yes. a, she a pro- producer on um, Aliens. And Armageddon. So, and I believe yeah, she now works on Walking Dead. Yeah, she's so she's another one that like maybe not a lot of people have heard of, but has mm-hmm. been in Hollywood forever and is doing good things. A good pick. And Colleen Atwood is one of my favorite costume designers. She works with um, Tim Burton a lot, um, but she did like the Sleepy Hollow movie, and oh, she's she's good at like modernizing period pieces and. Just like quirky costumes, I like her a lot. I think she's won some Oscars, or she's been nominated a few times. Yeah. Um, talking about Tim Burton movies, uh, I just want to say about the screenwriter um, Linda Wolverton. I think um, she did um, the screenplay for Alice in Wonderland, um, the like live adaptation, um, and that was good because I thought that kind of also, she did the um, screenplay for Mulan as well, the um, 1998 uh, animated film. So okay. that's interesting. Um, so I, briefly, before we sort of like wrap everything up, um, talking about Mulan, Valerie, um, yes. you've seen it, um, obviously because of our sort of woman in action month. Do you want to... I know you're writing a review, but do you want to sort of like briefly mention your immediate thoughts about it? Sure, because we can actually touch 
uh, back on on you know some of the some of um, what we were were chatting about before we started taping. Um, it looks it looks really good. There's a lot of spectacle. There's some some really uh, you know gravity defying stunts and martial arts, and um, there is some good chemistry among the characters. But and you know we mentioned costume design. The costumes are are really detailed, and the production design looks looks great. So you know, as an action film and a spectacle, it's enjoyable. But I felt like Mulan herself got some short shrift because the this movie, unlike the animated movie, gifts her with the power of chi, which is like a life force that everybody has, except only warriors who are men are supposed to use it. Women aren't supposed to use it. So, uh, but she has an extraordinary amount of chi. So as a viewer you're not really worried about her all that much uh, because you know she has this power. It was kind of like how, uh, you know, in Rise of Skywalker, I didn't like in Rise of Skywalker that all of a sudden they dusted off Palpatine and guess Mm. what, Palpatine's granddaughter. Because I liked her better. Um, You know, I still like Daisy Ridley's portrayal of her and and I still like the character, but I really adored her when she was this scrappy girl who didn't know where she came from, and she had a power she didn't realize she had, and it and it didn't matter that you know she wasn't in the second film, Last Jedi. It didn't matter that she wasn't related to this whole family tree that we've heard about through the whole Star Wars saga. I thought that was refreshing. So I feel like with Mulan, you know, she's. She's not the only magical person in the movie either. There's a, another woman who's like a sorceress who transforms in, into a bird. Um, and she was really high powered. Um, but it's it's kind of, for a viewer, it's a, a disadvantage to me because I want to see, um, I want to see like something beyond the superpower. Like we had talked about heroes uh, and how, you know, Wonder Woman may be super powered and high powered, but her power is really her empathy. And you kind of connect with that as a viewer. And for with Milan, it was hard for me to connect with, you know, obviously she wants to bring honor to her family and she wants to serve her country. But, you know, I don't doubt that she's in in danger because I know she can do all sorts of stuff. She's like flipping in the air. She's kicking like spears out of people's hands, you know. It, it all looks very impressive, but it's hard emotionally to connect to. So that's, that's my, my review is kind of a mixed bag in that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait to read your review. And I do want to know what other people think once um, they've had a chance to watch Mulan. Maybe we'll do a special podcast episode on that. Um, but... Yeah, uh, let us know um, who you would have in your sort of baseball team of uh, women in action. Um, Tweet us at their league. Um, You can also head over to www.intheirownleague.com and check out all our women in action pieces by our wonderful team. Uh, There are some really great um, retrospective reviews of some interesting little articles and stuff. And, you know, yeah do give us a uh, like and follow as well um 
thank you all for joining me for this podcast um kate where can we find you on twitter um at captain hangry awesome um joan where can we find you on twitter j-m-a-m-e-n-n or you can just read me at the league (laughs) and last but not least valerie where can we find you Oh, it's uh, it's my first and last name. So it's at Valerie, V like Victor, A-L-E-R-I-E, then K-A-L, F like Frank, R-I-N. Or you can find me at the league too. Awesome. Well, um, continue to kick some ass out there and uh, make sure you wear sensible shoes when doing so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you all for joining me for this podcast and we'll catch up with you later guys and uh, as always take care. Bye!